episode 1124, Movies 2023. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. And I am Ben Bono, and we're... We're back after an unexpected hiatus for January illnesses. We were sick on back-to-back weeks. Yes, but not... Yes, exactly. It's first me. No, no, first me. No, me, right? Uh, You were sick last week. Oh, I was sick last week. You're right, yes. You were sick. And then uh, we we both offered virtual, but as we're wrapping up the Iliad and just thinking about quality, not that... I do think someday, just because of our schedules, we might have to incorporate more virtual, but for now... We're trying yes. to stick with in person, and I, I would. There are ways to do virtual with higher quality than yeah. I, we, we've just outside of like when we have Brian on or yeah. or Ronald, uh, as the case may be. Like we generally don't do a lot of virtual, right? That's true. So it hasn't been a big thing for us to figure that out. But there are clearly podcasts that are only virtual, and there are ways to do it much higher quality than we have have done it. So we should crack that nut at some point. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be good. It is a crazy time. I don't know about you. I mean, you have more kids than I do, but family time is certain. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. We love podcasting. We've been doing it for years. Actually, yeah. we, we haven't officially said this because we've been gone for so long, but we're now in season 14. We missed our anniversary, which was January 11th. A happy anniversary. So it's actually, so yeah, start of season 14, but 13, wait, how's this go? It's the start of season 14, so we just celebrated our 13 years of podcasting for the Sci-Fi Christian. Right, because 2011. Yeah, right. So anyways, but, so we love podcasting, we've been doing it for a long time. I do sometimes feel like, when, when is it too much? Like with everything else. Right, right. So. When do you make a graceful exit? I know, but we did just add Patreon just a few years ago, so how can we, we can't back out now. Yeah, no, but, I think we're we're still going strong. You know, we got at least we have we have more of the Odyssey and the Aeneid. But you know, I think that in some ways, not you know, we love the main feed, but uh, Patreon's probably where our most quality, highest quality content is right now. So people are missing out. I, I do wish we had, if we had more people there, I would feel even more like okay, well, we're we're all in. I'm not trying to say. If people don't turn up, we're going right. to quit podcasting. This isn't a ransom <laughs> this is not episode. an ultimatum. But, but I am it's sorry. not not an ultimatum. Yeah, I do sometimes feel like, uh, w- as I just wail different things, like when we had that, the time off from being sick, it was kind of like, well, I have time for other things. Because it's not just us recording here. You do so much show prep beforehand. And then on the back end, I'm doing the editing and posting. And there's just time involved beyond just us talking here. Yeah. But, yeah. Something to think about for the future. Who knows? Maybe... This will be the last year that we do a full-time schedule. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, movies. Movies. Ben, I, as we've done in the past years, I've prepared a list of my top favorite first-time viewings yep. and my least. least favorite first-time viewings. So I saw... And, and Letterboxd also does these these wonderful stats pages hmm. for, for you. Oh, uh, I don't have that open, but I'll get it. So, yes, I... So while we're opening all that, uh, this won't be part of this, Um because I I just started watching them, but I don't know if you saw, I have watched the first two John Wick movies. No, I didn't see that. I don't think I've been following Letterboxd. I still log things there, but I'm not like scrolling through the timeline like I used to. So, yes, that's good to hear. I'm assuming you like them so far. They're pretty good movies. I like them. I don't love them. Uh, They're cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, and I, I, I don't. That's not a negative. They're cartoons. They're very entertaining. Uh, no. I'd be willing to do a John Wick episode when I, I catch up. Okay, yeah. with, with part four, if people are feel so inclined. You know, I, I know you're a big fan. I will say, uh, yeah, I love the John Wick movies. I did watch the miniseries, the Continental, the Continental, which is on Peacock. It has Mel Gibson in it. It right? does. It's horrible. I've heard not. Good. I'm just going to spoil that. It's going to be on my list of worst first time viewings because it happens to be on Letterboxd because it's a. Uh, limited series. So that's interesting uh, as a sidebar that I did not I gen, uh, sometimes I've gone back and forth like I think I listed Twin Peaks as my top movie of the 2010s or among them. Mm-hmm. So I've not been consistent on this. This year I did not include mini series. Like I I loved the mini series Beef, but I did not put it on okay. my letter. Well, I'll just make note as we get there. But it's, it's I, I I'm just telling you what I did, but I've also telling you I've been inconsistent, so I have no problem with you okay. doing it your way, uh, but yeah, I heard it was not good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. And well, we can, I guess, if we talk about it now, I can skip it later. It it has a totally different feel than the John Wick movies. It's in the same world, and there's some character crossover. It's a prequel, right? But just a waste of time. I would not recommend it. If you yeah. like the John Wick movies, this is not something you should go to next. Yeah, I I like the John Wick movies so far, but not enough to be a completionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, so I've watched the first two. I liked the second one more than the first, but they're close. Uh, I I think you seem like, because I've read your reviews, I haven't read the spoiler sections, uh, but it seems like you like the first one the best and then they you progressively like them less. I think that is true. I can't remember my exact rating, but I believe I like everyone a little less while also liking them all. So it seems like most people are the opposite of you. Hmm. I, so I am looking forward to three and four while also dreading the fact I cannot conceive of a world where a three-hour John Wick movie is justifiable. Mm-hmm. So I have a little, a little, some trepidation there. But we'll, we're, this isn't a John Wick episode, but I just thought I'd mention I was Well, that's no, okay because those. on the movie's episodes, we do sort of tease what we're looking forward to in the next year. Yeah. So, like, for example, you texted me about Dune, which I do want to see. Yeah, you, I don't know if I'm going to go the same night as you, but we'll be covering Dune here very well, I, I was very excited about that screening because otherwise i wouldn't be able to see it opening weekend just, uh, because I'll, i'm going to be in myrtle beach for the uh, the marathon i'm not saying no i just don't know if I, I if i was to go even probably the tickets for like i'm i don't know i haven't looked yet but i because it's been a few days since you texted me who they knows maybe sold yeah, out it might be sold out by now so all right where do you want to start here do you want to do your worst first time viewings or your favorite first time viewings to kick things off uh, let's, let's start negative and end on a positive note. All right. Uh, I will say before we get into either, I don't know if this, this quite fits in any list, but I was just looking here at my stats and it has, I didn't see that many movies that actually came out in 2023. Mm. Um, but if I, if I had a disappointing list, which is not the same as a bad list, but just kind of disappointing, I, I have to say in retrospect, I feel quite disappointed by Dead Reckoning. Like, the longer oh, I've sat yeah. with it, I don't dislike the movie. I'm sure I'll rewatch it before the next one comes out. But for a series that seemed like it was getting better and better and better and better and better and better, very disappointing movie. I can see why you feel that way. Even while I was sitting there in the theater watching it, the idea struck, my head, struck me that this is not going to age well, especially with the... Yeah, a little spoiler here, but the AI. A- AI is an antagonist in the latest Mission Impossible movie, and I feel like 
how that's conveyed will not age well. I agree. All right. Have you heard? Because it didn't do that well. Yeah, that's not called Dead Reckoning Part 1 anymore. Yes, and and so I actually did purchase the Blu-ray, and supposedly this might be a collector's item now because Dead Reckoning Part part 1 doesn't exist. It's just Dead Reckoning. Right. They're going to retitle the sequel to this one. And they should have never done Part 1 in the first place. I I agree. So I agree. But I I agree. It's not on either of my lists, favorite or worst, but I wish it had been a lot better. All right. Top worst. <laughs> so how we're going to do this is count. I have 10. I have nine. We're going to count down to the, the worst one. So the so when I say my ninth, it's one of my least favorite, but it's the best of my least favorites. Understood. All right, go ahead. Number 10. Uh, my number 10 is, uh, and this is not, uh, so not all of these are terrible. I think I actually was surprised this year that I didn't have that many movies I hated. So this one is more everything I just said about Dead Reckoning, but more so. And it's Creed 3. Oh, wow. I did not like this movie. I didn't hate it, yeah. but it is my number 10. After a series I think we've both genuinely mm-hmm. liked, at times loved, Creed 3, not the worst of the series. That's Rocky 5, which is very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it it just was very forgettable. I didn't like it. We're on the same page again. I didn't, I didn't like Creed 3 either. I don't think I... I'm just trying to think of where I would have ranked it compared to the other movies, it might be my second least favorite movie in that, that film series. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I also felt disappointed, although it's not on either of these lists. Yeah. All yeah. Right. All right. You're number nine. Yeah. So you had mentioned the amount of movies you saw, or I think you said you saw less movies this year than past years. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I also did. I opened the year last year, 2023, by watching a lot of TV series, or I don't know if you should say TV series, just shows that I haven't watched yet. So I, if I, as I look at our total letterbox stats, I can see I didn't watch a single movie until the third week of January, Man. which is kind of weird to think uh, about. I've watched 171. And I can see as I look at the whole year, there are multiple weeks where I didn't watch a single movie, where in past years, I mean, I'm watching multiple weeks. Some, like on average, a few years ago, I was watching one or more a day. Yeah. Uh, so, but I picked it up towards the end of the year. In all, I watched 166 movies in 2023. How about you? Uh, 171. All right. So we're, yeah, we're right in line. Pretty, pretty close. All right. My favorite, least favorite movie on this list is National Lampoon's European Vacation, the second in the series, which I watched as I was preparing to get to the Christmas Vacation film with more context. I'd seen Christmas Vacation in the past, didn't really like it. <laughs> so I thought, I do want to rewatch it, but this time I'm going to watch National Lampoon's Vacation. And European, European Vacation. I plan to go on to Vegas Vacation, which I haven't done yet or maybe ever. I think this is evidence that the MCU has destroyed a generation. <laughs> the fact that you thought you were going to get more context I out did. of watching it the, did, the, the, the National Lampoon Cinematic Universe. I'm not, I'm not saying it was watching those two movies that did it for me, but it might have been because you ha- it's a whole different world. Like, Have you watched these movies? No. Okay. The comedy, yeah, yes, it's a comedy, but you also have to accept the world that vacation is presenting. So it's with like you. John Wick. It's very stupid, and you have to either be okay with that or not okay with that. So by the time I got to the third movie, which is Christmas Vacation, yeah, I think I understood what the world was trying to tell me, and I liked it a lot more. There's certain movies where it feels like their time, the time in my life when I could have watched and enjoyed them, has passed, so I just don't bother. And the vacation movies feel like they're on that list. Yes. 
I, I think it's fine to skip them. Although Christmas ended up being good, I don't. I, I can't highly recommend the whole thing. Yeah. All right, yeah. num- number nine for you. Uh, number nine for me is Infernal Affairs three. So Infernal I Affairs. Know, I don't know anything about these movies. Is a Hong Kong movie. Uh, that the Departed is based off of. The Departed is a remake of it, and the first movie's pretty good, uh, and they get progressively worse. I will say, I know so there are purists out there who say the original is the best. Infernal Affairs, uh, Martin Scorsese created a masterpiece out of a. He took a good movie, made it a great movie, and thankfully ignored all of the sequels. Okay. Infernal Affairs three is pretty bad. All right. But not the worst. There's eight more. Your number eight. Number eight is The Continental, in parentheses, or subtitled, From the World of John Wick. We've already talked about it. That's quite a mouthful of a title. Yeah, not good. All right, number eight for you. Uh, Number eight for me is a documentary, and it's on the list. It's called Time. Um, That was a Criterion release, and uh, it's... It's on the list, not because it's a poorly made film. It's actually quite a well-made film. It's on the list for being stupid. And what I mean by that is that the subject of the documentary is prison reform, which is fine. Um, but like the, the, the subject in the documentary is this woman who's talking about her husband who's in jail for armed robbery. And uh, like. His uh, his sentence is I forget all the specifics, but his sentence is absurd. Maybe let me. I'm gonna actually just read my review of this because I did write a review on on Letterbox because uh, it 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 just bugged me. I said two things can be both be true. Number one, sixty years for armed robbery is absurd, and the prison system needs reform. True. Two, the film is remarkably lacking in any semblance of personal responsibility. The guy did commit the robbery. He turned down a plea bargain. So no, his imprisonment is not slavery or a personal vendetta. It's like the the film takes a completely valid point that it has, which is that this guy got 60 years for armed robbery and that's messed up and it just fumbles it away by comparing it to slavery and it becomes the most absurd overplay in its hand well-made film but uh, aggressively stupid in making its point so it deserves to be on this list all right it had my sympathy like i'm in its (laughs) corner i want to be a fan and it just decides to be dumb number seven number seven for me is a movie called greenland have you heard of greenland do you say greenland or greenland i say greenland Greenland. Is this the the Paul Greengrass movie? No, it's, that's a uh, Green Zone. Isn't I don't know yeah, what this is. This is a disaster film. You know I like disaster uh, films, right? I didn't. Oh yeah, this is for some reason I'm a, I'm attracted to disaster films. The day after tomorrow, you have too many things in this. For some reason, I like this category. <laughs> Just hear me out. Uh, so far, two of them have been on your worst list. You. Uh, Oh, it was my first for some the, reason. The, the stupid lampoon. I have to watch. That wasn't the, for some the, reason. The, the, I had context. a reason. Yes, context. That is the reason. This is the for some reason I enjoy disaster films like Day After Tomorrow. I'm trying to think of ones I actually really. I like that one. Then I can think of a lot that aren't as good. Or here's a different kind of. What, what's one you have liked? Here's a few that are disaster, but more political disaster, like White House Down. I like that's that. not a dis- that. It's a little. I bit, read your review. It's a little bit that's diehard. Die hard in the. That's not a dis- a disaster film. Is like uh, I'd give you something like yeah. Armageddon, which is an awful movie. I know you hate it, but I think I like that one. Uh, Dante's Peak. Oh, what did I think about Deep Impact? I haven't seen Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Okay. Anyways, 
I tend to enjoy disaster films. You have not listed one you liked. I'll, I'll, I'll get back you to can't, you. You can't come up with a single one. I, when you're talking later, I'll find some disaster films I like. But in the meantime, I'll tell you about Greenland, which starts out great. I, I think I wrote my review. First 40 minutes, interesting concept. I'm intrigued. But then so the movie uh, is 120 minutes. And after that first 40 minutes, not so good. So I, I cannot Gerard recommend Butler. Greenland. Yeah, Greenland. Kidding. No, I'm really confused. I'm not even sure. That's how to say it. Do you but, say Iceland or Iceland? Iceland. So, would you say Greenland? Yeah. All right. Number seven for you. Uh, number seven is a movie we're allegedly going to do an episode on. I have no inspiration to actually do it. Oh, that's it's, Rambo. It's Rambo. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't watch it. Yet. I don't. When you started showing lack of interest in doing an episode, I didn't feel the uh, what's the word I'm looking for urgency to to make it happen. Yeah, Captain. I really. Let me like to to compare this to the Rocky, where I think we both agree the first Rocky's the best. It's a legitimately great movie. It's phenomenal. And Rambo seems like it's gonna be the same. The first movie is the best. It's a legitimately great movie. And then the series go in two different directions. The le- the rest of the Rocky franchise is there's some stinkers in there. Creed three was just on this list, but it is wonderful in its own way you accept it on its own terms it it has the highs of a creed or a rocky balboa the absurdity of a rocky four it's just it, it's wonderful it's a, a great series uh the rest of the rambo uh series i so far hate i've now watched three uh sequels and i've hated them all there's one more and I, I can't for the life of me. I'll do it for you. Thank you. If you actually want to do it. But I don't actually want to watch this movie. I yeah. don't want to talk about it on the air. I have nothing to say. It's dumb. I know. I feel like we should wrap it up. So you had a good idea to Let's just cancel it. do the last two Rambo movies as one episode. Or we can just we can just say no. Would you consider Titanic a disaster film? No. Iceberg. Disaster, a dis- an iceberg disaster. It's not, not the same. What about Twister, tornado disaster? Yeah, ah, I like Twister. So you had to go all the way back to, <laughs> to the, ni- late, the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way. Uh, I think you're a big fan of disaster movies. Uh, this is also the movie when I watched it because we had talked you're back about back to the Rambo. Yeah, okay. like doing a continuing on with Sylvester Stallone and doing Expendables, and I uh, looked at the fact that there's already like an expendables five in pre-production i just told you no yeah we're done with i'm that. not i'm not doing it i still want to check them out it. but i you, understand you, you can do it on your own time i'm not doing it all right number six number six for me one day i woke up and i remembered my dream and in my dream the world was experiencing this like extreme natural disaster and in the dream somebody said to me man this is just like the day after tomorrow or that movie geostorm Mm. I've never seen Geostorm. It's so. about to be the second disaster movie. Alexander, <laughs> you are a fan of that is on this list. Yeah, so for me, number six is Geostorm, a film from 2017 that was not good. I kind of knew it wouldn't be good. Like, yeah. even though I like disaster films, this was never one that I thought, you know what, I, I got to get to Geostorm. Right. But then I had a dream about it. So, so I thought, all right, I'll, I'll give it a chance. And that was it. Well, I'm sorry. I will note. As I, I see here in my letterbox review, I wrote, the film is less disaster movie and more political intrigue. What's the opposite of intrigue? If it's supposed to be political intrigue, but it's not intriguing, what would you call that? Um, boredom. 
What's the opposite of the word intrigue? I don't know. If you figure that out, that's what this is. Okay. All right. Number six for you. Number six for me is a movie called India Song uh, starring Michael Lonsdale, who we're going to talk about later tonight, who is uh, the villain in the uh, Roger Moore masterpiece Moonraker. Yes. Not on my list. Noticeably not on my list. Yes. Well, you'd watched it before. Sure. But also. Actually, you know what? It might have been on my list years ago. Yeah. Uh, And again, I would like to reference my own Letterboxd review, and I think... uh, I'm 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 quite good at the one sentence reviews. Refer to my uh, classic review that did not get nearly enough likes on Letterboxd. So please go like it. Of uh, cat people, uh, to which I I wrote too many people, not enough cats, which remains accurate. You have liked it, by the yeah. way. Uh, and this is another classic by me. Uh, my review of India song: depressed French people acting French and depressed. Two and a half stars. Okay. Dumb. All right, number five. Well, Ben, about once a year, I think, even though I don't like anime, you're gonna check. I'm it gonna out. give it a chance. And this year, that movie was Weathering with You. See, but there's like, if you're gonna, if I, I don't like anime either, yeah. but there's ones out there that are critically acclaimed. This one is supposedly like I, Spirited Away and, and My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, I, did, I have yeah. seen that one. Uh, so this movie from 2019 is by the same person who did a different movie I actually liked a few years ago when I did this little initiative. I watched a movie called Your Name. Ever heard of this anime? Mm-mm. This, I mean, I don't have a ranking as far as I remember of anime films because I don't like any of them. But Your Name would, I should say I mostly don't like them. I, I, I enjoyed Your Name. Did not enjoy Weathering With You. Pass on this one. I'm sorry. All right. Your number five. Uh, so everybody knows I, I love Criterion. I love that they put stuff out that exposes you to, to great things. But sometimes, sometimes they have the same issue I criticize you for, which is the completionist streak, meaning that they put out a box set and maybe only the first three movies deserve to be in the box set and the rest can be forgotten. And such is the case with Jet Li's series, uh, once upon a time in China. Hmm. Um, and I have here Once Upon a Time a Time in China 5, which the series has run its course badly by wow. that point. This is not the final Once Upon a Time in China. Believe it or not, Once Upon a Time in China and America um, is the sixth movie and is actually slightly better than this one. Uh, but, you know, the first, if you like that type of movie, and I, I know you do, I think the first couple are worth watching. Okay. That's, that's a but, good recommendation. But you, you can stop after that. Like, this gets bad. All right. Actually, he might not even be in this. Yeah, no, he got recast. He's not in this one, Jet Li. Hmm. Okay. Oh. All right. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. Number four. Number four. Well, Ben, before I give you my number four entry on here, do you remember the movie Happy Feet? That's an animated film about penguins. I do. That came out in 2006. The following By, year. By uh, George Miller of Mad Max fame. Uh, the following year, there was another Penguin movie that came out in 2007. Do you do you remember Surf's Up? I I vaguely, <laughs> vaguely am aware of what you're talking about. I believe it is Surfing Penguins. It is Surfing Penguins. All right. Well, 10 years later, the Surf's Up franchise decided to have a sequel. Surf's Up 2, Wave Mania. Uh, tell me you watched this with your kids at least. I did. Okay. But... Wave Mania 
for no reason, decided to tie in the WWE. So you have WWE actors. We're still on the worst list. Are you sure? Just <laughs> voicing penguin versions of themselves. Wow. And so my number four is Surf's Up 2 Wave Mania. That feels like featuring... something you would give five stars to. Uh, yes, it was not good. I mean, just imagine. I like wrestling. Yeah. It was it was that bad that it's it's my fourth least favorite movie of the year. All right. I'm sorry to hear that. And number four for you. Do you want to know which wrestlers were in it? Or do you no. Know? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure John Cena was in it. And I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon was in it. Oh, he's he's uh, he's in a little bit of hot water these hot days. Hot water, yeah. All right. Not and number good. four for you. Uh, so one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years is Parasite. From... So you're, you're following wrestling news. Glad to hear it. Well... <laughs> I can't talk about the one part of the story I read. Oh, Uncensored. Let's do an Uncensored episode <laughs> okay. on this. Finally, our, our two worlds can come together. <laughs> you like gross things, and I like wrestling. All right. Vince Mc- we'll come back. Vince we'll come back to this on uh, the Uncensored feed. All right. Bong Joon-ho, uh, Parasite, a total masterpiece. I love Parasite. I've, I've, We did an episode on it. Yeah, I've watched I like it, it many times. It's a phenomenal movie. Parasite is preachy. With its, it is not subtle with its message, but it is so masterful that it earns its right to be preachy. Not the case with Bong Joon-ho's Okja, which is on <laughs> Netflix. This movie's awful. Why? What's awful about it? Um, imagine Parasite, but without any of the subtlety, uh, a lot more dumb humor, uh, and even less subtle with its messaging. It just beats you over the head with it. Let's see if I wrote a pithy review about this one. I did. I'll just go ahead and read it. Cause I'm, I said, I generally like, if not love Bong Joon-ho, but wow, this was bad. I'm okay with a movie. having an agenda. Parasite had an agenda, but where Parasite drew you in with no perfect storytelling. Oak just slaps you upside the head and hopes a cute CGI pig will be enough to distract you. It also has a stunning lack of self-awareness. Is this the world's first anti-propaganda propaganda film? There are some great elements, but also some embarrassingly bad ones. It's not the worst film in the world, but I expect better from a director of BGAH's caliber. Thankfully, he followed this up with Parasite, so all is forgiven. Not as good as my last review about French depressed people, but I think it gets the point across. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I end the review for what I'm about to tell you as my number third entry. My number three entry by just admitting I have a ranking going of all the Pixar films, uh, so I had to watch it. And I, this is one of the movies where I, if I if I didn't have a personal compulsion to finish everything I start, yeah, I would have failed on this one. But the, I feel like every year that personal compulsion gets a little less. Hopefully. Let's give up on Rambo to help you, Ben. Have you heard of Turning Red? I have. Not good, Look, Ben. Looks awful. It was awful. I. I do kind of think this is funny. It was a it was a movie with a message, and one of the messages I tried to get see if you can figure it out from this line I'm about to read from the film. Here's a paragraph from my letterbox review or a sentence I should say. The third act had some good dialogue about the journey many teenager teenagers are on, particularly females. But then yeah. the main character said, "My panda, my choice." <laughs> so two stars. <laughs> so I give this movie two stars. I understand. My panda, my choice, buddy. What do you think about that? Well. So that makes me think of abortion, but I thought based on the title, it was going to be about menstruation. Uh, it's and about I'm not trying to be gross. I understand. It's I, it is about uh, teenage female going through puberty. In this case, they they show that by having this family have magical powers, uh, 
And so, so yes, but yeah, I think it, I think everybody knows it's about what you're saying. Yeah. All right. My number three, speaking of bad criterion box sets, they put out a early Jackie Chan box set and look for this, uh, friends next year, in the 2024 edition of movies, because I watched it at the end of December and finished the box set in January. And so as a representative sample, I put the movie half a loaf of Kung Fu. These movies are awful. All they are is poorly filmed, dumb plots, dumb humor. They're just an excuse for a Jackie Chan demo reel, which a tremendously talented individual, but I don't need a demo reel wrapped in 90 minutes of nonsense. And every, like, I think there was one that was okay. In but it was in the Criterion set. Collection, so you had to watch it. I did. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's my own compulsion. But yeah. at least doesn't bite me in the butt like Geostorm, but it did in this case because yeah. this movie's awful. Hated it. Listen, you and I both have compulsions. Yours happens to be more highbrow. You right? know, that. but see, I did that on purpose. Like I've, I, uh, throughout our journey together, I recognized I have that same compulsion and that's part of why I got into Criterion. Like I realized I'm going to do this. I directly, I redirected those energies into uh, something highbrow. Okay, I hear you. So it was it was actually an intentional choice. My next two entries, I'm going to be totally honest with you, are come from a place where I just can't help myself, and they're both bad, and they're both DC superhero animated films. Okay. So as you ask yourself why, Matt, are you even watching these movies, just remember I have a compulsion to watch all, <laughs> the, like, all these superhero movies. I, I understand so, the power of addiction. Here we go. Yeah. Number two, Batman... Doom that came to Gotham. It's basically taking Lovecraft, sto- oh. like Lovecraft stories, and yeah. sticking Batman into a Lovecraft Which story. Doesn't sound terrible. All right, it's gross. Like uh, the animation, you- the animation style. I mean, I'm not looking for animation for kids. Yeah, but then there's also animation for adults that's like gets like gory and gross and that's so is it a bad movie or a gross movie that you just I didn't mean, like? i don't have the review in front of me but i just i know i didn't like it yeah i can see I, I this is so funny i basically only wrote a little too gross and gory for my liking mm. all right so there it is can i just get my number one and just get it over with yeah another no no it's okay it's dc no, animated. go ahead another dc animated one again just go with what i said earlier wonder woman Bloodlines, uh, nothing worth talking about here. Just a Wonder Woman movie that was on Max, and so I watched it. All right, Ben, number two for you. Well, I'm actually going to give number one first, just because I don't have anything to say about it. It's John Waters' Pink Flamingos. I've talked about John Waters before. He His movies uh, are designed to offend you, and I keep falling into his trap uh, <laughs> because I am offended by them, but I also know that's exactly the reaction he is going for, so it annoys me that he's getting what he wants, but I hate his movies. Uh, my number two, you know, though. I don't know, you, you probably know this, but I do love flamingos. Yeah, you would not like this This is movie. one of my favorite, I, I favorite birds. I don't think there are any flamingos in this movie, actually. Right. Uh, my number two, though, is going to make a lot of people upset because a lot of people like this movie. And it is the Super Mario Brothers movie, because this is a movie that is the perfect microcosm of everything wrong with modern pop culture. It is lazy. Uh, It is uh, designed to get you to watch the next movie 
not the movie you're actually watching. I thought you liked it when it first came out. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't remember no, our no, review. No, 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 no. I so you've always like been it. against I've that. I've seen it once and okay. I hate it. Um, it is a cynical, deeply cynical cash grab that's meant to wave a little bit of distraction in front of you so that you can pile up the references. It is a, it, there's no actual story. There's no actual character development. It's a movie that's designed to make you go every 10 seconds, hey, I know that, and then evoke nostalgia in you and make you think that you've actually watched a movie. You have not watched a movie. What you've done is you've watched a series of references and a commercial for the second Super Mario Brothers movie. It's dumb. It's lazy. Is it the worst movie on my list outside of Pink Flamingos? Maybe not, but it's so gross what it represents culturally that that's why it's on this list. And my my, my five-year-old son called me a liar on the way home from it because it was too long. I told him it wasn't going to be that long. <laughs> All right. Hated it. Ready to do some best movies? Yeah. All right, everybody, in this case, we're going to be counting up to our favorite Ben, how many do you have here? I have 13. Oh, my gosh. I have 13 also. Perfect. Now, <clears throat> there'll be some that I'll want to spend less time on just because of the nature of what they are, and I know you won't care. For example, there's a wrestling entry on here. Yeah. But 13 is worth a conversation. All right. Because I have an opinion that I think is different than 99% of the world. Okay. My 13th favorite movie for, I saw for the first time this year is The Flash, that, and everybody hates it. I mean, I think everybody saw it for the first time this year who saw it. It just came out last year. I gave it four and a half stars. You know, I was just thinking. Every now and then, I feel like I'm making progress with you, and then you just pick up that bottle. I want to watch it again and see, like, what did I I, I, not miss? What did I see in it that other people didn't see in it? I will say, though, my viewing experience often impacts my enjoyment, and I. I get these emails about advanced movie screens of various things. Uh-huh. And when I like saw the Dune 2, when I saw the Flash pop up there, I was like, yeah, I'll take some free tickets. So my sister and I went to go see this together. Uh, these days, my sister and I aren't doing a lot of movie get togethers like we used to. So it's like maybe the first time we went to a movie 101 for years. We, you know, we're just enjo- we're enjoying the time in the line, getting some popcorn, chit chatting, catching up. We're, they're both there for superheroes. And then it was just fun. Michael Keaton was back as Batman. It was a little bit. You, I'll just admit it. I fall for member berries. Yeah. And when you were saying that director, like you're mad that he always gets you, even though you know that's what's happening with him trying to yeah. make John, you upset. John Waters. Yes. Well, I. It does annoy me now that I recognize <laughs> the member berries concept. It does annoy me, but it also still works. It works on me. Mario. I'm not even a giant Mario fan, but. The nostalgia I do have for playing those games in the 80s and 90s, it did get me in this movie that you didn't like. So, all to say, who knows? Maybe The Flash isn't four and a half stars. Nobody else really thinks so, but I liked it. That's my number 13. Uh, All right, number 13 for you. I'm disappointed in you. Um, My number 13 is a movie called Bergman Island. So, Ingmar Bergman filmed a lot of his movies on Faroe Island. I don't think that's how it's actually pronounced, uh, but that's what I'm going to go with, uh, including Persona is filmed there, you know, the island where they are for most of that movie. Uh, there's actually a documentary called Bergman Island. That's not this movie. This is an actual narrative film that takes place on it and is simultaneously, it's about this couple that are there for uh, 
let's see, I, I forget. It's like called the Bergman Festival or something. There's, uh, yeah, the no, it was the Bergman Safari. So my review was, I want to go on the Bergman Safari um, because it sounds great. And this movie is simultaneously both a a critical deconstruction of Ingmar Bergman because there were parts of him like he would not have necessarily done great in the Me Too movement. Um, there's parts of him that were were not good, and also a loving homage for what he was for cinema. And it's just a good story as well of this couple working through their relationship while they are on Bergman Island, going on the Bergman Safari which just sounds phenomenal number 12 number 12 for me i think that in this case my number 12 i could see this someday being even higher on on this list all right you now, say the marvels i'm gonna leave so i gave this four and a half originally i could see this one day being a five-star film and it is the sequel to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It's Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. You haven't even seen this one yet, have you? No, I like the first yeah. one, but there's. I think there's two reasons I haven't seen it. Number one, um, every year that goes by, I, I'm angrier about superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and number two, once I learned that this is like doing the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, it's part one. Like, no. Well, I, I'll watch it when both parts are okay. out. But I'm not... I'm not playing that game i hear you it's not exactly that because it it does end on a cliffhanger but they're not like saying it's not like across the spider-verse part two it's going to be beyond the spider-verse but it's basically part two or part three it's all one movie one story maybe i don't know i liked it i'll just one last thing to say about it my favorite at one point obscure marvel superhero but now not obscure spider-man's clone the scarlet spider makes his big screen debut in this film well i mean that's amazing right can you imagine this character that only I have liked for years. Yeah. It's finally I mean, in the public eye. In an era where we're milking every obscure superhero yeah. for all it's worth, I can't imagine. <laughs> what are the odds? Yes. Okay, so there it is. My number 12. What do you got for number 12? Number 12 is a movie I think you would actually like quite a bit. It's called The Flight of the Phoenix. Okay. I think I've seen this. Have you? Let's, I don't know. Check and see. see. No, not on Letterboxd anyway. Okay. So the... Oh, there's a remake. I wonder if you saw the okay, remake, but this is an older movie. It stars uh, Jimmy Stewart. It's got Richard Attenborough in it. Let me take a look. And the the premise of it is is that it's it's a survivalist movie. There, uh, a series of men who are in this plane that's crash landed in the desert, and they're um, miles and miles away from you know any water or any aid, and so they have to work together to repair the plane. It's maybe a little bit too long. Uh, but it's really good if you like that type of thing of just dudes hanging out, figuring out how to fix a plane in the desert. What's not to love? Flight of the Phoenix, highly recommended. Man, I'm looking at screenshots from both the original and the 2004 remake. They both look familiar, but I think you're right. I believe I saw the 2004 remake. Well, watch the original. Oh, shit. I'm going to add this to a list it's right now. It's just like, yeah, you know. My little watch list. Just men solving problems in the desert. I may have seen both. I may have seen one. I may have seen none. All right. Number 11. Finally, a movie I think you'll be fine with me discussing. Blythe Spirit. Yeah, David Lean. David Lean from 1945. And this is a comedy, if I recall. It is a comedy. It's very good. A man is married. But guess what? The ghost of his deceased wife yeah. comes back to haunt him and cause mischief. David Lean had such a interesting career before his epics. Yeah. Um, he's great. Yeah, I liked it. All right, number 11 for you. No, number 11 is a thriller from the 60s called The Servant. Uh, it's about, you know, this 
English aristocrat guy who hires a servant. That's where the title comes from. And the servant gradually is taking over his life, like asserting more control and stepping out of his place. So it kind of becomes a psychological thriller. Really well done. I liked it a lot. Ben, we're about to talk about a movie you love. Okay. I give it four and a half. It's one of my favorite movies. But I can see those movies coming up that it is better than. But because of the way what I do where you I don't d- like it. No, I don't like it at so all. So I, I stay pretty strict to if I gave something five stars, it's five. So that means this four and a half star movie has to be lower, even though it is a better film. So here we go. The Red Shoes. Yeah. I do love The Red Shoes. It's better than other things I'm about to talk about. But it technically was rated by me four and a half stars. Martin and, Scorsese is very disappointed in And you I believe right we did a... Did we, we do did. an episode on the main feed or the extra know. feed? I think it's on Patreon. So if you want to hear us talk about The Red Shoes from 1948, go check out patreon.com forward slash the forward slash the sci-fi Christian. Just right. phenomenal. Number 10 for you. Uh, number 10 for me is a documentary. First of a couple documentaries on my list uh, by Kirsten Johnson called Dick Johnson is Dead. And it is a documentary about her father who is in his last days of life. Uh, and it's funny, it's moving, it's about her attempt as a documentarian to memorialize her father as he's going through, um, you know, the, the end of his life. And it it's just really, really well done. It doesn't feel schmaltzy, it doesn't feel overdone, it doesn't feel overly dark, it's just like the perfect balance of... Uh, it, it also doesn't just feel like you're watching a glorified home movie either. Uh, so really... Beautiful film. I loved it. All right, Ben, we're about to enter my five-star ratings. Everything from here on out, five stars. Oh, Red Shoes got it by I know, that much. Just missed. But this first one, you've experienced. If you rank the Marvels ahead of The Marvels Red... is not on the list. Thank okay, God. Just don't worry. The Marvels isn't in I here. I haven't seen it, but I have judged it. <laughs> and if you ranked it above the Red Shoes. This next thing you've seen and you enjoyed, but I think we can agree the Red Shoes is better. But let's... For now, let's just drop that. I've, I've okay, acknowledged I, that the red shoes is better I can't, than... I will do my best to restrain myself. Okay. I, I'm acknowledging what you want to say. But here's a series, a mini-series on Netflix that we both liked called Kunk on Earth. Yeah, this was really comedic good. comedic mockumentary of sorts. Yeah. It's not really a mockumentary. What do you call it when it is a documentary, but the host is playing a character and interviewing real people, but... She is being yeah, it's, silly. It's, it's like the Borat. <laughs> yeah, but what approach. is that called? I don't know. It's not a mockumentary. I'd call it a mockumentary. All right, well, that's, that's what it is. Closest and to it's it. great. Five stars. Did you uh, give this five stars? Or did you even put it on Letterboxd? I don't know if I did or not. Okay. I'd probably give it four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Great. I liked it a lot. All right. Number nine for you. Uh, this is a movie I do not recommend to you because of how you feel about horror movies called Cure. It's a Japanese horror movie. Uh, and if you like serial killers and gore and violence and a little touch of the supernatural, this one's for you. All right. So you can ha- go ahead and add that to your list. Uh, I'm going to not say too much about this next one because it's the wrestling one. But, Ben, you're familiar with Hulk Hogan. I am. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who uh, allegedly just became a Christian. Yeah, he's a Christian, and he just saved somebody from a burning car or wow. something like that. He, somebody was in a car accident. He ran up he's- like in the last couple weeks and saved someone. He's come a long way from that uh, yeah. of BuzzFeed. Again, uh, say that for Uncensored. <laughs> All right, so you know Hulk Hogan. You know Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do. You know John Cena. All right, these three people are sort of, at, at, during their era, they were the face of the WWE or WWF. Mm-hmm. Well, the new guy, who I'm sure you haven't heard of yet, is Cody Rhodes. Does nope. his name ring a bell? Well, I watched a documentary on his life called American Nightmare, Becoming Cody Rhodes. 
and I gave it five stars. There we go. It's great. Uh, He's a boss. Did you? I just physically bit my tongue to avoid Thank saying you. red shoes. Thank you. This guy, you know, for listeners out there who, uh, that want to know, this guy's about to go to WrestleMania and become champion for the first time. WrestleMania 40 right around the corner. I'm sure you're, you'll be watching. All right, number eight for you. Uh, number eight for me is a movie that people are very divided on, and I'm on the very positive side of it, and it is Saltburn. Oh man, I, I I know more about it than somebody who hasn't seen it because of what you shared with me. Yes, but you're right; it's getting a lot of buzz. A lot it's, of buzz. I'm not even sure if it's polarizing. It does feel like people mostly there are like people who hate it. Yeah, I think people mostly like it, but the people that don't like it feel very strongly about it. There's some significant reasons in the scenes that that you've described to me. Yeah, uh, but there's also I mean, there's parts of it that are are very 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 funny. Um, to, I'll, I'll say this non-spoilery, but there's you know they're in this giant mansion, just giant estate, and there's a hedge maze in the in the estate, and somebody dies in the hedge maze, and the butler comes in, and and everybody's just kind of in shock, processing what's happened, and the butler says, you know, the police are here, sir, and the guy says, well, what do they want? They keep getting lost in the hedge maze. <laughs> it's like it's even better in the movie, but it's so dark and so out of nowhere, and so funny to think of the police trying to find the way to the crime scene. <laughs> so that's the type of movie it is. I found Saltburn disgusting, uh, revolting, and absolutely delightful. I loved it. Seven, seven, number seven for me. I believe you like the series of movies, or at least you've seen the first one. You've seen Gla- uh, Knives Out? Yeah. Did you watch Glass Onion? No. So you didn't like Knives Out? I, I was fine. What's kept you from watching the sequel? It's not even a sequel, but another mystery involving that character. I don't know. It just kind of looked obnoxious. Well, I give it five stars. <laughs> I make it my seventh favorite first time viewing of the year. It features... The, the, I'm not saying this as the, because he is a former wrestler. I just know you like this guy. It features Dave Bautista. Who yeah. I know you're a fan of. I yeah. All right. Well. Well, maybe someday. All right. Check it out. Netflix. All right. Number seven for you. Uh, it's the second documentary on my list, and it's a movie called Free Solo. Oh, I've watched this movie. I don't think I liked it as much wow. as you, but I enjoyed it. I it's, watched this a couple years back. You did watch it. Uh, you gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm an intense movie. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. It was hard to watch. <laughs> it is intense. So for people who haven't seen it, uh, he's free soloing is is rock climbing without a rope or safety of any kind. And this yes. guy's trying to uh, climb up Devil's I mean, Tower. You kind of know he's not going to die because we're watching a movie about it. But I don't know. I, I watched Werner Herzog's Grizzly Man. But you can't quite tell what's going to happen. It's intense. It was intense. And I think it's the type of thing where even though, you, like you said, you kind of know, but while they're filming it, the people filming it yes. don't know, and his girlfriend, whatever she is, fiance, doesn't know. That's a good point. And so, like you want, like you're watching her process him doing this, and it's intense. Yeah. it's very, very well done. All right, Ben, I have really good news for you. I think every single thing I'm about to mention, except for maybe one item on for my top six, is something you've recommended to me. All right. So correct me if I'm wrong as we get to these. Okay. Number six is. I Married a Witch. This is from 1942. Yeah. That's a Criterion, criterion. movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. It's a 1942 romantic comedy, but it looks like it has a little bit of a twist. 
A supernatural Halloween theme twist? I mean, I think that was in the title, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, this was good. Yeah, it was good. Five stars. I, I liked it as well. All right, what do you have for number six? Oh, uh, well, remember how I told you I didn't put any TV stuff on here? Well, I, I guess I lied. I included one, so I'm just very inconsistent. Uh, but I put on uh, Tom Harper's BBC version of War and Peace. It is not the definitive version okay. of War and Peace. If you only watch one War and Peace miniseries, it should be the Soviet one from the 60s. Uh, but this is very, very good. Paul Dano is in it as uh, Pierre. Uh, Lily James is in it. Really, uh, Gillian Anderson's in it. Uh, so it's got got a, you know, it's the typical BBC people. Because um, there's like five British actors and they're, they're, they're uh, obliged to be in every costume drama. But Gillian Anderson's not British. No, but like uh, Jim a- Broadbent is in it. You know, it's it's that type of thing. But yeah, I watched it with my kids. Um, I loved it. War and Peace. I read, I reread the book for the first time in many, 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 many years. Uh, loved it. My kids read the book. Um, this is fantastic. I highly recommend it. But All again, right. if you only watch one, watch the Soviet one. All right. For my number five, I, I'm just looking back here. I wrote a rave review for this 1950 film, All About Eve. Yeah, this is another Criterion yeah, one. I, I'm, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, I think all so of these good. Criterion ones you recommended yes. to me ended up being, well, a lot of them ended up being great. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Great story, well-developed characters. Yep. I, yep. I just felt like I, I wrote here from start to finish. I was all in on this and one. And kind of intense, too, as yeah. it keeps going. Yeah, All About Eve is phenomenal. Good. Uh, my number five. five is a movie that I think I, I might have talked about it, but it's called Sound of Metal. Have I talked about this with you? <sighs> is this a drumming movie? It is. It is. Okay. So it's about a drummer, and he starts to lose his hearing. And it's a great example of a film using sound design to tell its story like it puts you into the character's head literally as you're watching this film really 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 good i i adored it all right all right number four all right uh number four for me is a movie again i uh i this might be in the criterion collection being there is that in the criterion collection it is 1979 film man i'm just looking i'm reviewing my own review to see what i should share here on the show i just had a hard time nailing down the exact genre there is things that made it a comedy, things that made it a political satire. There are things that made it maybe something religious happen. I mean, yeah, there was a lot happening. What's the, ah, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. But I just the movie ended, and I was just left kind of stunned. Like, I think I love this film. It moved yeah. me. Like, I look back at All About Eve. Just a great story, great characters. I I can see what I liked about this one was more like I had an emotional reaction to it. It's like if Forrest Gump was a good movie. That's what this is like. So, yes, I, I recommend being there. Uh, my number four was Todd Field's uh, most recent film, Tar, starring Kate Blanchett. Uh, this is an excellent movie if you like egomaniac power trips. Um, it's great. All right. I loved it. All right. Number three for me is a, uh, a miniseries that we did a whole episode on, so we won't have to talk about it too much here, but... Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, can you so believe it? Yeah, you recommended this horror show to me. Yeah. It ends up being my third favorite thing I watched in 2023. So That's great. Go back to the archives. We we I think we just covered it in December. Does that sound right to you? Mm, yes. Yeah, I think we, we missed Halloween. Oh, I went all the way to December close. for this one. All right. What do you got for number three? Uh, this is a movie you and I do not agree on. Okay. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. You know what? 
I hear you. I didn't think it was as funny as you, but when I look back on it, I can see it's good qualities. I just didn't love it the way some of these other movies that we're describing here today. I understand. But yeah, go ahead. It's so funny. You know, it's it's just uh, uh Cary Grant is perfect as the straight man in an absurd situation yeah. and um I think it got to yeah. be almost I like absurd, but it was almost too absurd. Yeah, Frank Capra. Just like vacation. If it had had two movies before Arsenic and Old Lace to get me ready for that humor, <laughs> then I might have liked it more. I <laughs> Fair enough. All right, number two. All right, number two for me from 1946, a Western called My Darling Clementine. Oh, yeah, that's uh, uh, another great movie. So the story it's telling is a well-known story. Yeah, the OK Corral. Going into this viewing, you recommended it. I did not know what I was getting into. Oh. And the title doesn't no. indicate that at all. But man, yeah, not not the most engaging title. Yeah, first I just if you just talk about the look of the film, the cinematography, beautiful, gorgeous shots. Uh, but then you get into the actual plot, and you and you. Ha- I mean, it's a well-known story. So great characters and a great story. Uh, five stars. Number two, man, the second best thing I watched. Yeah, crazy. Okay, what do you got for number two? Number two for me is a movie you have not seen yet, but I hope you will, and we should talk about it when you do. Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. It's coming to Peacock next month. Excellent. We should watch yeah. it then. All right. Um, Oppenheimer's so good. Like, Christopher Nolan follows up his worst movie, Tenet, which I have rewatched and did not like. Yeah, there's people more. saying pe- that we need to give Tenet a second chance. I have given it a second chance. It is a bad movie. Okay. Just straight out a bad movie. Uh, he follows up his, his worst movie with his best. I mean, this is, and when I say best, you know, there's people who are going to prefer Dark Knight or Inception or, or whatever. And But just from a pure filmmaking standpoint, this movie is incredible, what he accomplished and how he filmed it. And it's a, it's just a stunning achievement. I, I hope that you at least appreciate it. I don't know if you're going to love it as much as I did, well, but I think you'll appreciate in it. In general, I love Nolan's films. I'm sure it'll be great. Excellent. All right. Finally, my number one. I think this is the one you didn't recommend to me. It's from 1949. Wrestling. It's a Christmas film called Holiday Affair. Have you seen Holiday Affair? not. All right. Well, first of all, just a great story in general. But I'm going to tell the audience part of this story. And I'll tell you off the air the whole thing. There's, there's a, I'm going to read it right from my review. There's a plot point that resembled something that I had experienced in my own life. So that emotionally connected me to this film. Something, yeah. So... There's, there's a something that happens here that I don't want to share on there, but I will tell you off. There All right. That I was just like, yeah, I get it. But besides that, Christmas setting, fun little family holiday story. I was for it. Five stars. Holiday affair. All right. And my number one movie is a film that, and this is why I, I watch Criterion for, you know, wading through the Jackie Chan box set full of crap. It's for stuff like this. Never would have heard of this movie. Didn't really, even as I'm going through, register as something that looked that interesting to me. Uh, and last year was the same thing with Minding the Gap, which was my number one film from last mm. year. Um, this movie is called Boat People. And it's about a Japanese photographer who goes to North Vietnam on what amounts to a propaganda trip uh, during, you know, with the the North Vietnam communists in the 80s and slowly starts to realize what's actually going on. And it it 
just becomes this in- incredible story of him trying to help these people. It, it's a great movie. I really, really loved it. Well, you talked about just coming across this movie and you wouldn't have checked it out otherwise. Your experiences weeding through all these Criterion movies are yes. helping me because you saw from my list so many from the Criterion collection on my list this year. So listeners, in case you don't remember or in case you haven't heard, over on the Patreon feed, we're doing something called the Criterion Challenge where Ben gave me a list of 100 plus movies. I'm watching them. And then we're not going through every single one, but if it's worth a conversation, yeah. we're, we're coming back, uh, coming up with extra feed episodes. So, it's, which I did see that you just watched. I know. Don't, I was gonna. I, I, of Joan of Arc. I know. I kind of wanted to talk to you about it on the air, and I don't know if this is the right time. It's probably not. Let's we, save we it. We got to get to. Italy. I know. We got I'll, other things. To do. I'll, I'll hold my. So fire. next week, let's do a Criterion Challenge on Passion one of your of your third favorite movie. Yes. I'm sorry. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I think I'll have the music. We're good, right? Anything else you yeah, want to say? Yeah, we're good. Fun to review the movies from the past year. I got some more recommendations from you now. I, I like hearing your list because then I I make my own little list based off yours on what I might want to see. So, so boat yeah. people? Uh, boat people, I think you'd like. I still haven't watched Mind of the Gap, so I'll have to make sure that I make that happen. Uh, Sound of Metal, I think you'd like. Mm-hmm. Dick Johnson is dead. Flight of the Phoenix. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, The Servant you might like. So some good good movies. Saltburn, of course. Of I course. think you'd, you'd really enjoy. Well, listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben DiVono. I will be back next week with books. 2023. Books. So Goodbye. long, folks. No, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I've what are we saying? I don't know. We're the Sci-Fi Christians. Signing off. Uh-huh.